Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 21st, 2018, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, folks might have noticed that yesterday I dropped in a special episode into the feed. Um, it's a very head over heels episode since last night was a, a Monday night. No shows were, or at least head over heels, didn't have any performances. So I put in a little Arcadia fix. I interviewed uh, two folks connected to the show. First, Belton Bonnie Milligan, who plays Princess Pamela. And then the show's uh, choreographer, Spencer Liff, had a great conversation with both, not only about the show and how unique it is and, and what makes it so special from both of their perspectives, but especially with Spencer Liff, he told me the story about how we became a choreographer on So You Think You Can Dance, and it is ridiculous ridiculous how it happened um in fact the the thing that he choreographed for his first performance on so you think you can dance was the very first thing that he ever choreographed by himself believe it or not oh uh, yeah just ridiculous um <laughs> what chutzpah from a 23 year old at the time and then i talked about uh to bonnie about the fact that she has to put up as a buckeye grad with so many freaking wolverines <laughs> in uh, the musical theater community. So great interviews with both. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, as we're going to talk about here a little bit later, hopefully if you listen, it encourages you to buy a ticket to head over heels because they need it. Um, so, and, and Spencer talks about that. I mean, he, he talks about how he knows it's a hard sell and his, the producers are doing everything they can. And um, I just, you know, pull back the curtain. I interviewed Spencer before I interviewed Bonnie, even though the Bonnie interview is first in the episode. Um, so his is a, a little older, about a, about a week now, but, um, but yeah, they were both great, fantastic. And, and they both love this show so much. Oh, that Michigan mafia. You yeah, know, yeah. it'd be a terrible shame if you cracked on that note. <laughs> was that supposed to be like a mob Italian accent for for a marine? You know, that was a grand, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, one other thing before we get started, I I don't know what this is, but last night at about seven fifteen p.m. in the East, one Sarah Borellis tweeted out "Big news tomorrow." And then just an image that said, you know, the, the traditional keep calm and carry on image. But instead of keep calm, carry on, it just said keep calm and eat pie. So I'm I'm guessing it's waitress related. Uh, she just started work on her new Apple TV show, um, Little Voices. So I don't think it's her or Little Voice. I don't think it's her going back into the show, maybe after Nicolette. Um, leaves, but maybe it is because I guess that'll be um, maybe late October. So I guess it could be a few months from now, but uh, at some point tomorrow or today, I guess, um, Sarah Burrell is going to have some news. So we'll let you know what that is on tomorrow's show. How about, I'm guessing here, how about Sarah Burrell goes back into Waitress, uh, they tape it for Broadway HD, and then close the show? Um, yeah, I mean, that, uh, that's a possibility. I waitress, I don't, I waitress is doing fine. I mean, uh, um, Kat McPhee just left last week and it's still did $905,000. So I don't know what it's going to do with Nicolette Robinson, but I don't see it closing. So maybe, Hmm. I don't know the numbers were that big. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Oh, great. Excellent. So I'm wrong. Here we are, which is shocking (laughs) that I'm wrong. No, <laughs> that no. never happens. Anything can happen. Every well, day, you know. But I think the thing is, Cat McPhee is is a pretty decent named star. Yeah. It 
before that, I mean, it was doing when she was gone, it was doing in the mid 700s. So not great, but not awful. I mean, it's, you know, this calendar year, it's never been below. Um, it looks like 723. So, I mean, that's still for a show that's already announced recoupment. Like that's that's yeah. pretty solid to keep running. That is. All right. First up in the news, Audible announces a new lineup for the Minetaline Theater. Yeah, yesterday, Audible announced the latest slate of shows that are going to be going into the Mineta Lane as part of their partnership with the off-Broadway venue. First will be Patti Smith, Words and Music at the Mineta Lane, featuring the legendary artist performing spoken word stories uh, from her life, as well as music from her catalog. The show will also also feature her son, Jackson, and daughter, Jesse Paris Smith, as well as Tony Shanahan, and will run for just a scant three days, September 22nd through 24th, and will obviously be recorded for Audible. Fun fact here, Smith co-wrote a play in 1971 with the late Sam Shepard called Cowboy Mouth, which is where my favorite band got its name. So uh, if you ever see uh, the band Cowboy Mouth from New Orleans, Louisiana, out on the road somewhere, they tour a lot. That's where they got their name from, from a uh, Sam Shepard and Patti Smith play. So uh, anyway, next up at the venue will be uh, stage and screen star Asif Mandvi's Obi-winning Sakina's Restaurant, a one-man show that centers on an Indian immigrant who comes to New York to work at a restaurant and live the American dream. That one will begin previews on October 5th and will run through November 4th. Next, the first production via Audible's Emerging Playwright program, which... You know, James, that was kind of the first thing that we discussed with Audible getting into the theatrical world. Um, The inaugural production will feature Chissa Hutchinson's Proof of Love. There's no official dates yet, but the show will run in late 2018. And then it'll be uh, followed up by the final thing on this list. Isaac Gomez's uh, The Way She Spoke's New York premiere will come to the venue in early 2019 with a cast dates and other info to come. Now, James, when Audible partnered with the Manetta Lane, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what that was going to be. Would it be just big shows like Harry Clark and you know Girls and Boys, these one-person shows with fairly recognizable names, or would they you know kind of fill in some of the gaps or let Manetta Lane book some other things in between? But it seems like. Audible is kind of just taking over all of the programming at Manetta Lane and doing some big things, some small things, some short things, some long things. We talked about before Al Silb's um, one night thing uh, for uh, uh, after Anna Tevka uh, last week. And so it really they're really packing stuff in there, which I think is fantastic, especially because all of it is going to end up on their service eventually, I assume. I think so too. Their uh, Audible's trying to be the the Netflix of audio entertainment, so uh, I think that they need a lot of content. And I'm not sure, but uh, was Manetaline self-producing or just a rental space, more or less, in the in the recent past? I, I believe it was was a uh, was a rental space, letting them they programmed shows in. Or I guess maybe not programmed in. They other people came in and rented out the space. In, it was a four wall. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, but it's interesting that that Audible's kind of just taken over the whole place, which I think is, I think that's awesome. I mean, because they're they have the pockets to do things that otherwise wouldn't get done at a space like that. I'm telling you, man, they they should have a Whole Foods right next door. It's awesome. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, Tell us about last week's Broadway grosses. 
Uh, well, it was another down week as tourists flee the city and head back home. Broadway dipped 4.89% last week, down a show following the closing of Boys in a Band. However, that number actually would have been a lot more had it not been for Springsteen on Broadway picking up almost $475,000 going back to a full full in quotes, five performance week. Despite that, the Great White Way was down more than $1.82 million last week to come in at just about $35.5 million. Only six um, of the main stem's 30 shows last week saw week-to-week gains, led by Springsteen, then My Fair Lady, Hello Dolly, Harry Potter, Chicago, and Frozen. Yes, Hamilton led all with uh, $3.11 million, but with the boss back on the boards, we had five other shows above $2 million with A Lion King, Cursed Child, Dolly, and Frozen. And James, I didn't go back and look at this. This would take a long time to look at, but I, six shows above $2 million? That's got to be a record, doesn't it? I, I mean, maybe I'm completely missing it and forget other things, but that seems like more and than I can remember. We don't even have Wicked in there. No, so, we do not. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a strange new world in these Broadway grosses, especially with some of these other ones we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, they were joined in the Millionaires Club by uh, by a total of nine uh, other shows, and Wicked was the first one, uh, of course, to be in there. Um, that was followed by Dear Evan Hansen, Mean Girls, Aladdin, MFL, The Book of Mormon, Come From Away, Phantom, and Pretty Woman, despite dropping 77K during its opening week, which I'm sure means they – uh, you know, they had to to give out quite a few comps that otherwise could have been sold. On the flip side of that, getting the band back together was at the bottom of the ladder last week, grossing only one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Now, like with Pretty Woman, I normally would suggest that opening week could have contributed to their one hundred eighteen thousand five hundred twelve dollar decline. But at only twenty two point five percent capacity, it's not like they had to comp tickets that otherwise would have been bought. Um, so that's pretty bad. Um, similarly, unfortunately, head over heels, as I mentioned before, only grossed two hundred sixty one thousand five hundred forty six dollars. Its lowest total. Uh, on Broadway other than its one show first week of previews. Uh, The show's gross potential also dipped below 30% for the first time in just two weeks. Its its capacity has dropped from 73.2% to 54%. So either their aggressive discounting and papering has stopped or they're just running out of people that want to come and see it even at a discount. So that's sad either way. Uh, Once on this island also seems to be losing whatever steam it had coming in at less than $458,000 for its fourth worst week of the calendar year. James, everything was pretty much down, like I said, but only those seem to be dangerously so. Uh, Maybe Beautiful at 596,000 and Kinky Boots at 627, but I'd like to see how they do in the fall because those have kind of... um, transcended the normal trends. And as we've talked about many times before, beautiful often does well uh, in the fall. Kinky boots usually bounces back when they get another name in there. So I could see them doing that. So I'm not ready to put them on watch yet. Um, Also one other thing that I I think we should note, but again, I don't see this closing anytime soon, um, but Anastasia dropped below $700,000 for just the second time in an eight show week during its, its Broadway run. So um, I think that's partially families leaving town and it's been open for over a year now, year and a half, and it's starting to uh, lose a little bit, but I, I think it's fine for now, but uh, something to keep an eye on as we get into the colder fall and into winter months. Hmm. 
That's really interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I sort of had a feeling that New York was a little bit uh, more empty last week, but I thought it's just anecdotally and it was you know, just a strange thing, but look, looks like Broadway uh, had the same sort of thing. But uh, I'm shocked at the uh, getting the band back together, the capacity down to 22.5, because they were doing, they were not doing great numbers, but it, they had good capacity right. and low ticket, uh, average ticket sale, but down to 22% and 118,000, that's, uh, that's on the brink. I- I take that back. I, I think I might have misspoke. Let me let me go mm-hmm. back and let me let me fix that. It's twenty two point five percent of gross potential, not capacity. I apologize. Oh, I said okay. that wrong. Yeah, okay. so, uh, twenty two point five percent of gross potential. It was sixty three point eight percent capacity. Oh, much better. But yeah, but okay. but the week before was ninety four percent capacity. Mm-hmm. So it still dropped over thirty one percent, about thirty thirty and a half percent. So still a big dip. But I uh, I probably transposed some of those numbers. So I apologize about that. But uh, yeah, twenty two point five two percent gross potential, sixty three point eight percent capacity. Okay, wow. So twenty two percent capacity. I was like, uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. They they would no. have had to post a notice tonight. But uh, yeah. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section? All right, I got two videos. The first was, I think, something that I knew about, but maybe uh, maybe not. Um, it's a trailer for a new um, a television movie adaptation of King Lear, which will star, you know, just a couple people you might have heard of, Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson. Uh, they will. This is their third time that they're collaborating. This is being um, done by the BBC and will air uh, premiere on BBC Two in 2018 later this year. Amazon Studios is co-producing and will take the rights in the U.S. So we'll be able to see this um, on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, at some point, I don't know if it'll also be this year or later, but um, very, very cool. Watch this trailer. It is in the show notes. And then this is something that I actually saw on the NBC Nightly News with uh, Lester Holt. Actually, I don't think Lester was in um, because it was on Sunday night. Apparently, in addition to come from a way defying all odds of being a Broadway hit and still running very well on Broadway, um, you know, quite a, a few years after it originally started, apparently it's sparking its own little tourism route from New York to Gander. Um, and they did a uh, a nice little look at people from New York coming and visiting Gander um, up there in Newfoundland, uh, based solely on the fact that they became familiar with it because of Come From Away. So um, a very cool little feature that they did on the NBC Night in the News on Sunday night. We'll have a link to that uh, in the show notes as well. I saw some folks from uh, on Facebook that were taking that tour, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't realize yeah. that, that that had been happening. That's cool. All yeah. right. What other news do we have today? Okay, just some real thing, uh, real quick things. Yesterday we got a pair of tour cast announcements. First, that uh, for the play that goes wrong, Scott Cody, Peyton Krim, Brandon J. Ellis, Angela Grovey, Ned Noyes, Jamie Ann Romero, Evan Alexander Smith, and Yagel T. Welch will hit the road beginning next month. In that show, the complete cast uh, will be uh, in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Then we got an announcement for the North American tour of Jim Jim Steinman's Bat Out of Hell to. Uh, national tour it'll be led by andrew pollock who returns to the role of strat which he played in both london and toronto and again this will uh have the complete 
cast listing in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Next, a complete cast for the West End transfer of Matthew Lopez's The Inheritance was announced on Monday. And as we've discussed this before, the cast will predominantly be that of the recent Young Vic production, including Vanessa Redgrave and John Benjamin Hickey. The transfer begins performances at the Noel Coward Theater on September 21st. And I'm not saying that it is then going to transfer to Broadway, but it's got to transfer to Broadway after that. Like, this is something that I would be shocked if this isn't in New York this spring or fall. So this is just one I've heard so much buzz about. People are so excited about. It has... John Benjamin Hickey, an American actor, Vanessa Redgrave, who's this huge star. Now, I don't know that she'd come with it. She's London based. But James, I I, this is a fly on the wall. This is a dark horse, a Tam's dark horse, as my friends from high school would say it. (laughs) I think the inheritance is going to be on Broadway um, sometime in the next uh, yeah, next year. We'll, we'll say in the next year. Um, and finally, congrats to everyone at The Greatest Showman, uh, especially uh, Bench Pask and Justin Paul, as the soundtrack for that film has been certified double platinum, meaning that they have sales and streams of over two million. Uh, and it's pretty impressive considering that it was only released in December. So that's only been about nine months that this has done that, and it takes... Uh, a long time to accumulate uh, 2 million sales and streams. So congratulations to them. That's an awesome accomplishment for folks who uh, are really musical theater writers uh, dabbling in film. I guess they, they do plenty of film now too, but I still consider them musical theater folks. Yeah. Even if they are Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. (laughs) I have to tell you a quick story um, that uh, the 2 million uh, streams easily done in my house alone because my daughter has it playing on every Amazon Echo on every computer, every Apple TV, uh, The Greatest Shimon over and over. In fact, she is watching it right now as we are recording. Uh, she loves this movie, loves it and loves the music. What's her favorite song? Is it This Is Me or does she have something else? I really don't know. I'll ask her and let you know. All right. Sounds good. But uh Yeah. No, she uh, she's really gotten the whole family into it because of her love of the greatest showman, and and she says, "When when can we go see it on Broadway?" And I said, "I'll have to ask Ben and Justin." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bww Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 